How y'all doing? So I was, I looked in my pocket. I don't have anything in my pocket this night. I'm just kidding. Um, <laughs> if you weren't here last week, you wouldn't understand that. If you were here last week, you'd get it. Um, how y'all doing? Good? Good. I heard one awesome, one whoop. Everyone else is silent, so it's going to be good. We're, we're uh, so we have the school spirit night going on um, in the, with the high schoolers and the junior hires. Is anyone here beca- only because of that? No? So this is, this is our Res Life family. Anyway, so we got to match the energy because I guarantee they're going crazy over there. Um, so I need a lot of amens, a lot of hallelujahs, a lot of preach, a lot of, I don't know, I've heard some crazy things in my day. Uh, my, youth, my youth pastor in high school, he would say, when I'm saying it like he, because he wanted feedback, because, well, that's one way to get us to pay attention. Um, so I was in high school, he'd tell us to, he'd say, yell, burn the stump. And I was like, what, what does that even mean? He, he never explained it to us, but we would always be yelling, burn the stump during his sermons. Um, Burn the stump. Thank you, buddy. So we need to match that energy tonight. But um, come on. Come on. Um, but before we get started, we are going to start on, the, on a serious note, though. Um, Pastor Dwayne gave a message um, through video, and we sent it on Facebook and Instagram and whatnot. But um, we wanted to share that message uh, with our Wednesday night family here. So if you guys can play that video. I wanted to say just a couple of things to you about the shooting that took place in Las Vegas. First of all, it wasn't God's will for that to happen. Now, the Bible tells us in Isaiah that darkness will cover the earth and gross darkness the people, but arise and shine for your light has come and the glory of the Lord will arise over you. What that's saying is there's dark things that are happening in this world, that that's not God's plan, that's not God's will. God's will is for his spirit and his glory to arise over you. Jesus said, the thief, the devil, he comes to steal, kill, and destroy. He said, but I've come that you may have life and have it abundantly. That was not the will of God. That was an attack that Satan literally came through somebody, and that person wasn't doing God's will. They were doing the will of the enemy who comes to kill, to steal, and to destroy. But I'd like to pray right now for the families of the victims. Uh, Our heart just goes out to every one of you. And Father, we pray that you administer your grace to each one of them. Your word says that you're the God of all comfort. And we ask, Father, that you would comfort every person who has suffered loss due to this tragedy in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Yeah, that was, uh, I remember waking up. It was a terrible thing. It was just like, oh, I turned on the news. Just awful. And, and kind of the series that we're in is, is titled Roots. And one of the foundational truths that, that, is, that is incorporated within this four-week series that we're going in is that free people free people and hurt people hurt people. The person who decided to, to do that, he's a very hurting person. And, and it wasn't God's will, like the pastor said, and, 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 but at the same time, it's hurting people that hurt people. And so as we move forward, um, and it's kind of like a heavy thing to start with, like, oh, but this is what we're going through. We're going through what does it look like for, for us? What does it look like for a believer to walk in freedom? 
What does it look like? To, what is freedom? Um, what is peace? What are these words that were uh, maybe that are thrown around in the Christian in circles that we say, you know, freedom, where the Spirit of the Lord is freedom? It says, you will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. But I think a lot of us know the terminology, but to actually experience freedom is something that is so foreign for a lot of people. And it's foreign for the world, and it's foreign um, even for individuals on, a, on, on our personal basis. And something that I want to start out with is we're going to be going through some stuff. We're going to be going through, and you're going to, we're going to be looking inward, in a sense, thinking inward, and we're going to be presenting things to God today that's, that we've carried through our lives. We're going to be, I'm going to be asking you to participate in a prayer life that might be a little bit different than what you're used to. Um, and a part of this healing process is the, the key word process. And sometimes, like, as, as, as uh, Americans, we, we love the microwave. Like, we love, like, instant. We love, like, the fast food. We love, like, pizza delivery in under 20 minutes. And if we don't, you know, we love, and, and my personal favorite is you go to a restaurant and, like, if I actually don't mind when the food takes a long time, because I know that, like, when the food comes and it's late, I usually get it for free and I'm, like, and I'm cheap. Um, but so many times, if we don't get our food hot and ready now, we're like, come on, come on, come on. Like this healing thing. Isn't this healing thing supposed to take like quicker? Isn't it supposed to come? Isn't it the Holy Spirit supposed to come and just like whoosh through and like solve all my problems and make me like, like glow or something or levitate? I don't like, sometimes I think we, we, we project this idea about God that he's like a genie in the bottle. He's Santa Claus. He's some, someone to just make all of our wishes and all of our dreams come true and make all of our problems go away while we can hold on to our own life and do what we want to do. <laughs> Thanks for uh, the, that relief right there. Thanks, Ryan. Um, And so what I want to introduce to us is actually not a healing experience or a freedom experience, but a lifestyle of freedom. Because there's something that I know about people. So I've been working, in, I've been working for the church in ministry. I'm the pastor of the young adult group here, college group. One thing I've learned is that everyone's hurting. Like everyone has pain. If, if someone approaches and we talk and we get to know each other at all, and people, they want to talk, they want to talk through problems, they're going through breakups, they're going, and, you know, breakups, girl problems, guy problems, friend problems, relational problems, parents problems, and you're talking and you just realize, wow, everyone has pain. And then I look in my own life and I'm like, I have pain that I've dealt with growing up. I have pain, scenarios, issues, relationship problems um, with, with friends and with old friends, and, and you just, everyone has pain. Everyone. But this is, this is something that I've, I've learned to do. I, I've learned to develop a lifestyle of freedom. So that doesn't make me exempt from pain or painful situations, but it allows me to see my painful situations correctly or with a healthy perspective. And I've actually learned in, through reading the Bible and through my prayer life, and, and which is I want to introduce to all of us is a lifestyle of incorpor not incorporating a lifestyle of surrendering those painful situations to our Heavenly Father. 
I think there's a lie that is, that is believed in the body, which is God loves me, but he doesn't care about the details of my life. Like, he loved me enough to send Jesus on the cross, but he doesn't, like, he doesn't really, he's too busy, like, the world is pretty messed up. He's not worried about when I was younger, when I was like 13 years old, and, that, and my teacher told me that I was stupid and it marked me for my whole life, and now I constantly deal with this, this pain in my life that I, that I think and I believe that I'm stupid and I'm dumb. God, you don't care about that, life, that part of me. And the, actually, the opposite is true. If we can start to develop a lifestyle in a pattern in our life of surrendering those er- surrendering areas of pain to Jesus that's called a lifestyle of freedom Romans 12:1 says therefore i urge you brothers in view of god's mercy to offer your bodies that means your whole body soul body and spirit a living sacrifice to god holy and pleasing this is your spiritual act of worship what is that saying? That saying is our worship to God is when we, when we take an inventory of our lives and we say, God, nothing is off limits for you to speak into. God, my past, the things that I've never told anyone, the things that I, am, I'm, uh, I, I cut, I, the things that I block off, God, we open up those areas to God and God said that's worship. That's worship and that's where freedom is. That's where freedom and peace are located in that place of relationship with God. So last week, um, last week was awesome, but um, we were really digging, talking into forgiveness and, um, and how we're in this root series where we all, have, like, we all have like junk that we deal with, like things in our lives that we're like, man, I really wish that wasn't there. I really wish that addiction wasn't there. I really wish that like habitual sin wasn't there. I really wish that thought process that keeps coming back and keeps reintroducing itself, I really wish it wasn't like there. I thought, and then it goes away for a little bit and then it comes back and you're like, I thought I dealt with that. I thought I was done with that and now it's back and all the shame, guilt, condemnation gets showered on you. Yeah, I've been there. Like, I, yeah, it's like an experience that we all go through. And what we're learning, what I'm learning is that most of the things that we deal with and most of those issues, habitual sins, addictions, those things are actually rooted in a deeper issue, right? So the fruit of our life is not what we should be changing. Like oftentimes we have a problem, we're like, okay, I need to change this fruit and change this fruit. I'm gonna take this fruit off the tree and then take this fruit off the tree, not realizing that the real, the real, powerhouse of a tree are the root systems. And so if we can deal with the roots, then the fruits will take care of themselves. So instead of dealing with surface level issues like addictions, like habitual sins, anger, you know, all these things that we're we're discussing and talking about, let's get to the deep-rooted issues of what's triggering those things. What's triggering you to become angry? What's triggering you to go back into that habitual sin? What's triggering you to go to to alcohol? What's triggering you to go into pornography? What's triggering you to go into these things that maybe we don't talk about all the time in church? Because if we can get healthy in the root system, the fruit will take care of themselves. And so we dealt with unforgiveness last week. And I, and, I, and I know that a lot of people actually dealt with some forgiveness. I know a lot of you who were here last week took maybe some people or situations and you forgave. And I just want to remind you of, of what Jesus says 
pertaining to forgiveness when Peter's asking him, how many times should I forgive? 70 times seven. It means infinite number of times. And remember what we talked about how some, the 70 times seven might not be all different situations or different occurrences, that the 70 times seven could be about the same exact issue, the same exact offense, the same exact rejection, the same exact situation. That we need to actually forgive someone for the same thing 70 times seven times, which means infinite number of times. And how actually when you choose in a moment of a sincere desire to say, I forgive you, that is faith expressing itself. But the problem is that sometimes we release faith, but our feelings don't like follow, right? And so we say, I forgive you, and then you still feel anger, you still feel like, you still feel like I hate them, you still feel like you just want to knock them out, or maybe you still feel like, ugh, maybe a little bit of resentment towards them. But you've said, remember, you came here and you said, I forgive them, but those feelings didn't leave. How many of you know we don't live by feelings, we live by? So we need to partner with that faith, which was your sincere desire to say, I want to forgive this person. And how the 70 times 7 looks like you every day waking up and refusing to partner with the feelings of unforgiveness. Refusing to, to have those feelings and to actually start a prayer life that says, I've chosen to forgive them. I might choose to partner with God's forgiveness towards my ex-wife, my ex-husband, towards my mother, towards my father, towards my kids, towards my boss. I refuse to partner with unforgiveness and I choose to forgive them today again. And you might need to forgive them tomorrow, the next day, the next week, the next month. You, this is a process, but here's what the reality. If you will choose to dis discipline yourself to continually forgive them, even when you don't feel it, one day you're going to wake up, God's grace is going to fill the room, and you're going to say, whoa, I actually forgive them. But the problem is we spend too much time living by feelings and not by faith. We say, I don't, I just still feel angry, so how can I forgive them? That's the devil speaking to you, trying to keep you and trap you inside the realm of unforgiveness so you'll never walk into the destiny that God has for you. Because Jesus is very clear when he says, if, he's very clear on forgiveness. He says, if you don't forgive others, how can your heavenly Father forgive you? When he lines out unforgiveness, he says it's a man, it's about a man who goes and he's, he owes $50 million and he goes to the man that he owes and he says, forgive me, forgive me, like, uh, forgive me, give me more time. And it says the man had mercy on him and then that man went to his servant who owed him $300 and said, pay me now. And he couldn't, so he threw him in jail. And then the, the master, the master who was owed $50 million found out that his servant punished that man's servant, and he said, how could you do that when you've been forgiven so much? How could you operate? When you've been forgiven so much, how could you not forgive? Jesus is very clear. And it's not to manipulate. It's not to make you do what he wants you to do. He's doing it because he knows the truth about unforgiveness, that it traps you from your future. And the devil wants us to believe that if we don't feel it, it's not true. The reality is, is the faith is inside of you. You have to choose to partner with it. I have to choose to partner with it and refuse to partner with my flesh feelings. And if we'll do that, church, 
And this, this is pertaining to everything. This is not just forgiveness. This is the lust issue that you have. This is the gossip issue that you have. This is, this is all issues. This is the prayer life that we can say, I refuse to partner with that right now, to never partner with that again, and I choose to partner with my sincere desire, which is to be free. My sincere desire, God, my sincere desire is to be free. And I thank you, God, that you've made me new and that you've given me your spirit. And if your spirit's within me, then, God, then I can overcome the world. Then you said, God, in your word in Galatians 5, that if I live by the spirit, then I will not gratify the desires of the flesh. So today, I choose to live by your spirit. But we don't feel it. So we don't do it. It's like a bug crawling on the, on the stage. <sighs> Man, we gotta stop this feeling stuff. Feelings, are, feelings lie. Our emotions, they lie. We were taught by the devil, we were taught by the world, we were taught by worldly wisdom. Can I tell you a story? This isn't even in my notes. I was telling, I was talking to Nick. Nick and I, like, we're like amazing. He's going to speak next week on freedom from fear, and you guys are going to get your socks rocked. It's going to be amazing. Can, you, can your socks get rocked? I don't know. Anyway, so I was talking to Nick about this, how like, our feelings and our emotions in the world has actually manipulated us to think inconsistently with how God thinks. So I, I grew up in an amazing home that was, I was taught the word of God, I was taught kingdom, I was taught the right way to think and the right way to operate and, and, and have interpersonal relationships. And so I remember I was dating a girl in high school and um, I think I was like 16 or something and one of my girlfriend's friends didn't like me and so she was trying to set my girlfriend up with another guy. Okay, like high school, come on, like it's drama, like it's, it's funny, I think it's hilarious, it's funny. So like she's trying to set my, like in like whisper in her ear, like yeah, he's, you need to break up with you, you know what I'm saying, how got girls gossip and whatnot in high school. And so she's trying, and I remember somebody's like, oh, and then they come tell me, they're like, hey Jake, did you know that so-and-so was saying this about this, and then, and I'm like, oh my gosh. And I remember this, having this thought process, I should probably be mad about this. Like, because, and this is, this is a compliment to my parents. I actually did, felt no anger or resentment towards that person. Like, I was young enough to where it, didn't, it wasn't even, like, in me. Because I was raised in such a healthy family. And I remember thinking, like, because I watch TV and you watch and you watch your friends, and, like, I should probably be angry. So I chose to be angry in that moment. So I was like, okay, I'm going to be, yeah, yeah. Oh, I can't believe she did that. And I talked myself into bitterness towards that person because I felt I should probably be angry because if I'm not angry, that means like, I don't know, maybe I don't deserve my girl. You know what I mean? Like the thought process is so twisted. And the reality is, is that most people don't, get grow, don't grow up in a healthy family. So instead of not having those feelings, those feelings are normal. They're normal, they're normal. Bitterness, unforgiveness, resentment, anger, quick temper, that's normal. And we live by those things. And we base our theology and our view of God on those things. And we view of other people. And the we got to be careful of these feelings. We've been taught by the world for too long. We have to start getting consistent with what God says. So, let's get into my message. 
<laughs> I love this. Ken's laughing. What time we're out here at nine? Ten. Ten. We'll go. I'll grab some quarters and we'll be here all night. <laughs> so there's a verse that I wanna that I wanna really hone in on tonight. Second Corinthians three, verse seventeen. It says, where the spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. It says, now the Lord is spirit, and where the spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. How, how, many, of you, how many of you would say that you've accepted Christ? And you say, I'm living for God, I've surrendered my life, amazing. If you can't raise your, if you can't raise your hand to that, that's okay. You belong here. Jesus is coming after you, God's coming after you, and you're not getting out of it, I promise you that. He loves you. He loves you. He loves you. He doesn't love what you're going through, but he loves you, the person he created to be. So where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. How many know the truth that when you accept Jesus, his Holy Spirit comes and makes his home inside of you? So, like, Holy Spirit's here. Like, he's in me. He's in you. 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 How many, I, I have to be, sometimes I don't feel free, Right? Someone's calling me. Yeah, I got people calling me. Like, I'm just not free. So, sometimes I don't feel free, but this verse says, now where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. So it makes me question, okay, where's the inconsistency? Because if I'm supposed to be free and I have His Spirit, how come I don't feel free? Are you following my, th my thought process? And then I went through a teaching. Nick actually introduced me to it. And, it, and he, this, the speaker made this statement. He said, what if you only have freedom in the areas that you allow the Spirit into? What if we have areas of our lives that we've closed off to God? What if we have areas of our past that we've closed off and that we actually haven't surrendered to God? Without surrender, there's no freedom. Surrender, see, it's, it's this thought process that's almost like counter what we grew up with. It's, 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 it goes against the grain. We think, in order to, we, we think that we have to fight for freedom, right? And we, have a, we're, we live in an amazing country where men and women have died in order to protect our freedom in this country. And I respect them, I love them, and I honor anyone who's served in the military and given their life so that I could be free, so that we could be here tonight. Like I said, I really do, I'm honest. And I'm so thankful, but there's a reality in the kingdom that says in order to gain freedom, you must surrender, not fight. Counter what we, what we would be brought up with, thinking. And so we, we have to be able to, going back to the relational aspect of presenting things to God and the lifestyle of this, we have to have a lifestyle of surrendering areas of our lives that get touched. How many of you guys have ever played um, um, Operation? Or you have like kids or grandkids or something like pre-operation, play Operation? You know, you got, like the, you got like the body and it's like kind of really weird guy who's got no shirt on. It's like kind of gross actually. Um, 
And he's got, you got all the things, and you're doing the operation. You got little tweezers things, and you like try to poke in there, and like if you touch any of the sides, it goes like, eh, eh, eh. And you try to like poke it out, and then you go, and you're like, eh. Anyways, when does the thing buzz? When you touch what? Like a sensitive area, right? It's like when you touch the sensitive area, it buzzes. And I think that's like kind of how we work. Like when we have like outbursts of and you know what I'm talking about, and married couples know what I'm talking about. It's beautiful. We get to love each other through that though. We get to see the best, not take offense. That's next week's message. No, I'm just kidding. Um, so I think that's how we work. Like we ain't. It's because someone like touched something, right? So here how, here's how it's, I see it working. We grow up in our lives, and we have painful situations with our parents, with our families, with our friends, with our teachers, with school. We have these painful situations like all throughout our life. How many of you know like when you, like sticks and stones break my bones, words never hurt me. Um, isn't that weird that his words in situations and in, in experiences actually speak much longer than actual pain? And how something can happen to you when you're so young and the message never leaves you. Like, you go through life and you have all these painful experiences and, and unfortunate relationship problems and, and with your parents or maybe with your siblings and you're left with all these messages because when you're, especially when you're young, you have no filter, you have no platform to actually evaluate what's going on in your life. So whatever happens to you, that's, that's kind of how you perceive yourself. Jeannie, if you were here this on Sunday, she did a beautiful job of explaining how when, like a parent, when they, like the, the kid is looking at you to see who they are, right? So the way that you treat the, the young kids is often how they perceive themselves. They're looking for who they are. But we go through situations and unfortunately we get all these messages that are like placed on us. Like you're a reject, you're lonely, you're never, you'll never have any friends, no one ever likes you, they only feel bad for you, that's why they're being nice to you. Um, you know, all these crazy messages that we get through painful experiences. And it's not the actual painful experience that hurts us, but it's the message that it leaves imprinted on us. And so even, something, even though something might have happened like three, four, five, 20 years ago, like we still walk around with like the messages that the painful experience brought us. And we're still carrying these words of reject. We're still carrying these words of, of no good for nothing, stupid. We're still carrying these messages that are inconsistent with God's thoughts towards us. And we even, we even know God's thoughts towards us. So there's a story in the Bible about 10 lepers, right? And they go to Jesus and they, and they beg him. They, Jesus is passing and they say, Lord Jesus, have mercy on us. Have mercy on us. And Jesus tells them, he says, go on, he says, go and on your way you'll be healed. So they start walking towards Excuse me, they start going towards the, the city, and as they were on their way, they were healed of leprosy. 
which is like a, that's amazing. Ten guys, all with leprosy, are walking towards the city on their way. On the journey, they get healed. On the journey, they get, we'll get back to that. So ten of them, one guy comes back. And he falls at Jesus' feet. And he says, Lord Jesus, thank you, God. Thank you. He starts just praising and worshiping Jesus for what he did for them. And Jesus says, only one of you came back? How could only one of you come back? And then later on he says, what, what's the phrase? Dad, what's the phrase? I'm, I'm drawing a blank. You're made well? Or what's the? You're made whole. That's right. Sorry. So he says to the man, you're made whole. Which actually, if you read the Greek, it actually means, it actually explains an experience where his limbs and everything that he would have lost with leprosy, ears, noses, fingers, everything would have grown back in that moment. That's pretty cool. The ten other lepers, when they said they got healed, they were healed from the disease. So they still had missing fingers, limbs, they still had missing ears and nose, and they still had chunks out of there. They were healed, but the one person who came back to Jesus is the one who was made whole, had complete healing. And I think sometimes, I think sometimes emotionally, that's how, the, that's how we in the church operate. We, were, we, we, we hear the message of the gospel, of what Jesus has done for us, and we receive it with joy. But then guess what we do? We go on our way. And Jesus is saying that if we'll go back to him, this is what he's saying, if we'll go back to him, he'll make us whole. He'll make it so that whatever happened to you, all the effects will be gone. He'll make it so that, do I have any more on me? He'll make it so that we're healed. But it's when we return to Jesus. So many Christians, they get saved and they never actually enter into a place of soul healing or personal inner healing because they don't continue in the process of getting to know Jesus in meeting Jesus in the, in the deepest place of the places of their life. So I want to talk about, just, just to end here, we're going to go into a time of, um, you don't have to come up yet, yeah, Ken. I'm going to work through some things, just some practical things that are going to be really, almost like, you know, like the, like the buzzards. We're going to talk about some of those buzzards. Buzzers, buzzards, buzzers, wow. Um, what I call these are non-curing coping mechanisms. So we all have pain and we all hide our pain. We all like to hide it and make it seem like we don't have any. The things that cause us, we hide it. Some common non-curing coping mechanisms. These are things that we do that don't heal us but they mask the pain. They make the pain in the back of our minds so we don't have to deal with it and it allows us to actually function in life. The first thing that we do is we medicate our pain. This is found through addictions. This is found through habitual sins. This is found through binge watching TV shows and Netflix and being constantly con and consuming our minds so that we're, we're never actually in a place of, of, uh, of rest. So people who medicate their pain might struggle with 
pornography addictions, alcohol addictions, uh, drug abuse. Um, they might struggle from prescription drug. They might have sexual problems. They might abuse food. They might have a gambling problem. They might be addicted to TV and media. We medicate our pain. Instead of dealing with it, we medicate it by trying to mask it. And we can't do that. We have, to make, we have to deal with the root issues. The second thing that we do is we motivate our pain. So we have these areas, these ink, those, those things in our life, and we motivate it. By that I mean we work, 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 busy, 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 job, 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 career, 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 kids, 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 family, 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 family. We're driven. We're consistently going, going, going in order to drown out maybe the pain that we really feel. We think maybe if we're just always busy and always doing and always thinking and always, that maybe I don't, then I don't have to deal with the reality. We don't, I don't have to deal with the messages that I still remember about myself. And maybe I can just do so many things that, that other people will see me. Maybe people will actually give me a new message that I actually like about myself. And then we meditate our pain. Which these, this, this type of person will this type of person will just sit and think and think and think and think and just and almost marinate themselves in their pain in the situation. This person has this is the person that like you know them and they're like pretty calm and all of a sudden one day they just like snap. You know what I'm talking about? Like these people just snap and when they snap it's like Okay, you don't want to be around him right now or her. Like, just, just back away. Like, okay. Because they let the anger and they let the pain build up so, so much, so high, so deep, and it just like explodes once it breaches its brim. And, and, and Ephesians is clear about this, that we can't let the sun go down on our anger. We can't let the pain of our past sit and marinate in our soul, in our mind, because it becomes... It becomes a place where the devil has a foothold. It comes up, becomes a place to where the devil is actually, I've heard it put this way, when you let the sun go down in your anger, the devil is your counselor. He's the one who's counseling you. He's counseling you in unforgiveness, in bitterness, in jealousy, In gossip, he's been, he's, he's, he, when we let the sun, and we don't release those offenses before we go to bed, we're hit, we've given ourselves to the devil's counsel. So I believe there's some, there's some healing that's going to be available tonight. Some, some emotional healing. Remember we said the Holy Spirit's here. Remember we said where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is. But there's only freedom in the places that we surrender. So I'm going to invite everyone. I'm not going to make you come up front. We're not going to make you do anything. We're going to invite you into a time of, of personal prayer and honesty with yourself. Fair enough? And to where we can follow what Romans 1 says and offer our bodies, our, our spirit, soul, and body, every, our whole, whole be, being to God and saying, God, nothing's off limits. Maybe that's something that's been in your life for a very long time. Maybe it's something that's, that's pretty fresh that you've dealt with. Maybe it's a Maybe it's, it's a message that's been, that's been placed on you for a very long time that's very hurtful. And now this doesn't have to be, I mean, this isn't, 
It might incorporate forgiveness, but this is not limited to forgiveness. This is anything. This is a message that's been placed on you that you don't want to carry anymore. This is something that you've believed about yourself, that you felt about yourself that's inconsistent with what you know in your head. And we want to enter into a place to where we can actually start doing this and having this lifestyle of freedom so that you don't have to keep coming back here for freedom. Does that make sense? I don't want you to have to come to me to find freedom. I want to introduce a lifestyle of prayer where the Spirit can teach you how to be free. Because if you're relying on me, I'm not always gonna be around. If you're relying on Bernie, you're not gonna, he's not always gonna be around. If you're relying on Ryan, if you're relying on Sarah, if you're relying, if you're relying on Shane, if you're relying on Tony, Carol, we're not going to be around, so we want to present this exercise so that you can take it home with you, so that when you're alone and no one's around and those messages and those voices come back and those feelings come back, you know how to work against it and you know how to fight against it. Because guess what, these, like, I'm not, we're not, like, the church isn't always open but God's always awake and he's always willing. <laughs> so I'm gonna ask you to, if you would, if you're comfortable now, you don't have to do this, I recommend it. I think there's gonna be tremendous freedom that's gonna, that God, that the Holy Spirit's gonna administer to each individual person, um, just on a personal basis. And it's gonna be amazing. It's gonna be a still small voice. It's gonna be impression. It, it's gonna be a peace that's gonna release over you. It's gonna be a, a rest maybe that you haven't felt in a while. And that's the Holy Spirit. His, his name is, one of his names is the Comforter. And he's here right now and he really wants to get in those areas of our lives that we've closed off for so long. And he's not, he's not a bruiser where he's gonna come in and shake everything up. He's gentle. He's a gentleman. He, he, wants, he wants to be entered into those areas so that he can heal them. So that he can release you from the pain, the regret, from the anxiety that's, that that thing has been causing you. So what I would invite you to do is just to take an inventory of your life and, and maybe some of the painful experiences that you've never dealt with before. Maybe that happened when you were a little kid. Maybe it happened this week. Maybe it happened five years ago. Maybe it happened in college. Maybe it was because of someone, something that someone in the church did, a pastor in your past. Maybe someone in church did something that really, really hurt you and you didn't understand how they could do something like that. You looked up to them and they failed. And it really hurt you and it, and it scarred your thought process on who God is and what, and what church is all about. That's bondage, that's bondage. We have to let that go. We have to bring that to the Lord. So what I want you to do is just take an inventory, like I said. Remember, these things are, these are things, the reason why we're dealing with those things is because when we get freedom to the deepest parts of our being, the fruit of our lives becomes attractive to the Lord. 
the things that we've struggled with, the healing process starts once we deal with these root issues. So maybe, you're, maybe you struggle with an anger issue. Maybe you struggle with a, with a lust issue. Maybe you struggle with a sexual issue. Maybe you, maybe you struggle with identity and, and self-worth. What I want you to do is, if, if you haven't thought of anything, just ask, ask the Lord. And when, we, when I say ask the Lord, I just mean to, to have a thought and say, God, this is what we do. Say, God, what's the root of that issue? When God speaks, He speaks maybe in a thought, maybe He brings you back to a memory, maybe He's gonna, maybe he's gonna give you an impression. Just like a, what I'd say is just a gut feeling. So God, what's causing this, this bad fruit in my life? happened when you're 17 years old and God's bringing you back 17 years old and he's going to heal it. He's going to heal it. He's going to give you some clarity on this. So the first thing I want you to do is I want you to face it. But when you face it, I want you to ask, G- ask God, where, where are you in this? Are you with, ask him, are you with me with this? To face this pain, are you with me? And if you are, where are you in this? when you face this pain, when you face this experience that you've had that's, that's been with you for a long time. And with your eyes still closed and you're asking those questions, just know this. 1 John 1.5 says, God is light. In him there is no darkness at all. And when we expose these things to the light and we get them out of hiding, out of darkness, there's freedom. So God, where are you? And let's face this together. Jesus wants to face everything with you. Jesus wants to, to reveal how close he is and how close he was when you experienced those painful situations. faced it with Jesus, this, this scenario, I want you to, I want you to ask Jesus, you're facing this picture. Actually, I don't want you to ask. I want you to take this, this, this experience that you've had and I want you to, I want you to give it to him. I want you to picture yourself taking this, this experience, this painful, and I want you to picture yourself giving it away giving it to Jesus, giving it to God. Say, God, I don't want this anymore. I give it to you. 
here's a reality. God is not a taker, he's a giver. So I want you to ask God right now, what do you wanna give me in return for the junk that I just gave you? So God, what do you wanna give me in return? Jesus, what do you wanna give me in return? guys give it to him. Freedom is an amazing place. Peace is an amazing place. So God, I thank you for your peace right now. Peace, peace. Jesus, what do you want to give me in return? have to, you can keep your eyes, you can have your eyes closed still. See, your Jesus and Holy Spirit is communicating truth. He's comforting. He's delivering peace right now. But we have to follow Jesus forward. This is not the destination. This is the starting line. Remember what we said? We don't want to just give you an experience. We want to give you a tool to take with you. This is the starting line. Now we have to We have to face it like we did. We have to find Jesus, and now we have to follow Jesus. We have to follow him in this truth. I promise you that you'll have feelings that contradict the word that Jesus just spoke to you, and you have to choose to partner with the truth and refuse to partner with the lie. close, quote unquote, um, if this is a play, if this is like a, a setting that you want to stand, you want to get more, and you want to get more freedom, maybe you think that you've, you've entered into a place of freedom or rest and you need some more time, we're going to have some prayer partners up here and we're not, I mean, they're special, but they're not special. What they do want to do is, is lead you in more of what we just did and to go in deeper levels of freedom. So if you're here and you started it and you want more, stick around and we're going to have plenty of people up here to help lead you into more personal questions and personal hearing God exercises. Uh, if you're done and you feel like, yeah, I got it. I got a good, I got a grip on this and I'm going to go home and I'm going to practice this, then you're free to go. Um, but I'm just going to pray before we close. And, and one more thing, if you're here, if you're here and you're not living for God and you kind of have a tug on your heart like, man, I've been living for myself. I'm, my life's kind of a wreck and I really just, I need, I, I just need God in my life. Tonight's your night. 
Make the decision, surrender your life. It's the best decision you use, the most freedom you'll ever experience. But it has to be a decision. You have to draw a line in the sand and say, Jesus, I'm following you. God, I'm doing it your way. And tonight's the night to do that. So if that's you, I'll be so bold to ask you right now, if that's you, just raise your hand. We're not gonna embarrass you, we're gonna celebrate with you. We're not gonna point you out and like say, look, yeah, look at him, look, no. We legitimately wanna celebrate with you because it's the best decision and you get incorporated into the family, the family of Christ and the family of Res Life. If that's you, would you just raise your hand? Be so bold to say, I, I need to start living for God. I've been living for myself and it's been, it's been a wreck. No one? Well, if, if that's you and you wanted to make a decision but you didn't want to raise your hand, come up front as well. We have people who'd love to talk to you, love to just partner up with you and, and see what it looks like to become part of this family. So why can you just pray with me before I, before I close and Nick comes up? God, I thank you. Thank you for freedom, God. It's, freedom is amazing. God, I thank you for your spirit. God, that administers freedom on a continual basis. He's never not giving freedom. And God, you promised in your word that where the spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom, God. So we just thank you, God, even right now, that there's deeper levels of freedom that we get to enter into, God that we forget about the judgmental uh, opinions of our neighbors, we forget about the fear of man, we forget about, we forget about what our, our friends or maybe our family think about us, God, but we enter into a place of freedom because your spirit's here. And we thank you, God, for Jesus, who's just amazing, who loves us. Even though we have pain, even though, even though we work through things, God, you love to take us through the process. Jesus, you love to walk alongside of us. You love us so much, God, that you look past our junk and you look into the deepest parts of us and say, I love you. And I thank you, God, for your spirit who teaches us truth. God, and the truth sets us free. And I thank you, God, for the family, God, that comes with being a believer, God. God, continually teach us what it looks like to walk alongside people and support them and carry their burdens and lead them to Jesus and support them and pray for them and, and, and encourage them, God. Show us what it looks like to not come to church, God, but to be the church. God, show us what it looks like to be completely free from ourselves so that we can live for you. Thank you, Jesus, that you set the perfect model for us and that we can follow you forward. So God, we make a decision today and we ask that your Holy Spirit lead every single one of us in what it looks like to live a lifestyle of freedom, a lifestyle of peace. God, we thank you for the testimonies. We thank you for the freedom, for the identity that was spoken tonight. We love you in Jesus' name. Amen.